Welcome into Hoops Forum, a production of Radius Athletics and a quick timeout podcast. I'm Tony Miller, and my co-host again this week is Randy Sherman. Big thanks to our sponsors over at 323 Sports. We've been telling you about the 323 Sports famous $55 team packs, and they actually have an equally as popular $99 team pack, which gives you more customization and includes some new pieces of apparel, including some of the sweatshirts and other things that are good for these colder months. To find out more about what 323 Sports can do for your program, visit 323sports.com, or you can contact a sales rep at sales at 323sports.com. They'll be sure to do it right for your basketball program. Randy, we are approximately midway through the season here. Some may be a little bit past that mark. Uh, college coaches, maybe you're entering the midseason time. Yeah. General thoughts for coaches that you would have here to start out um, about anything, really. Yeah, midseason, I would say um, it's kind of like maybe the point of the season. That like The way I broke it up when I coached was sort of like before the holiday break, the, the Christmas new year break or whatever. And then after typically when I coached after new year was mainly just our district opponents think like your conference and in college basketball, like the big 12 or the big 10, like that, that was kind of all the, the play after that was all, all district opponents. Um, Prior to that, we might be in some tournaments and playing non-district opponents and things like that. So um, I think, I think in the midseason, there's two two thoughts that 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 um, come to mind. Is one, the importance of 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 getting road wins, like just um, you know, and how how tough that is, and how how much of a challenge that can be if you're in a good competitive league where there's not you know a whole lot of you may be a little bit better or a little bit worse than the rest of the group, but you're you know there's good competitive balance. And and in basketball, it's just really hard to win on the road in a in a in a raucous gym at, on the road that that um, you have to travel and and you have you have, you already start out with some adversity against you. So, man, like I used to think about you know getting a road win was almost like getting a win and a half or or um, um, just the toughness and mental like like you know the kind of compartmentalization you need to kind of just flush errors and flush bad bad events and just get a road win and and you know i always encourage coaches you get a road win in your league against a team that you're just you know kind of equal with like don't spend too much time like picking at the perform just like hey man good we got a win let's get back on the bus and get out of here you know um the second thing uh, by this point in the season you kind of have a good picture of what your team is and and what they aren't um for for six of the se- six of the eight seasons that I've been working with basketball coaches, we've kept like a big statistics, um, just basic analytics stuff, nothing nothing major, just four factor stuff, and just maybe a few other stats of interest. But um, and you know, kind of with this amount of sample size, mid season, you kind of all right, like this is who we are, this is what we're good at, this is what we're not good at. Um, you know, I've I've spoken to coaches who like, okay, man, we got we we've got this much of our season left. I'm we're really going to commit to improving our whatever, and and it just doesn't improve that much. Like it's kind of like by now we kind of know what we are and what we aren't, and it doesn't mean we're still not fighting for improvement. 
the good news, if there is some things that you look at, like this is who we are and you don't like it, is you can learn to sort of like look at the positives and just lean lean more into that. Like if you're not a great free throw shooting team or something, but you're good at like pressing and forcing turnovers, well, just go bigger on that and and try to offset the weakness by really doubling down on your strengths. So um, you find out you know who you are. You're probably you're probably uh, not that that's etched in stone, but you probably um, have an idea of who you are and, and, and what you can do with that. Let me start out with like practice structure and kind of tie it back to what you just said there. So when it comes to like what you're practicing in practice, would you encourage coaches to kind of like the doubling down on what you're good at kind of your structure reflect that and what you do? Sure. I would say if, if, um, if there's something that, that we're doing, that's, that's giving us margin over our opponents. Um, and then, then that's, that's, that's something we can cling to as like, Hey, we can do this as a group. We can do this. We can make threes. We can force turnovers. We can, uh, we're good free throw shooting team, whatever that thing is that you're doing at a, at, at a, at a level that's, that's out, outperforming, your opponents as a group. Um, I would say lean into that and start and, and, and go big on it. And, and by that obviously would mean devote more practice time to it and make it more of a foundational piece of, of, of what's going to be um, what's going to be your, your uh, recipe for victory going forward through the second half of the season. This is completely anecdotal, but I have found more, leverage in in sort of going big on strengths rather than like okay we're terrible at rebounding or so we're going to work on it and work on it and work on it i i have just found it to be a little bit more needle moving to say this is what we're good at we're going to do more of it and more of it and dial it up even 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 more extreme and give it more practice time and more of our practice structure devoted to it um I have found that to be anecdotally um, more of a, of a needle mover. Did length of practice change at all for you? A little bit. Um, I would say, you know, the thing I liked about the latter half of the season is our games tended to then fall on like a more predictable calendar, meaning we kind of played on Tuesdays and Fridays every week from after after the holiday break to the finish of the regular season. So now we can kind of get into a, a, a routine, you know, like you hear NFL coaches talk about, we play on Sunday, so our Monday looks like this, our Tuesday looks like that. We, you know, uh, and, and, and I think, I think um, we as, as humans sort of thrive in that, where there's a routine. We know, we know what today is going to be, short and quick, longer more intense on this day a little bit of film and weights on this day and we kind of we kind of fall into a routine um i i kind of kept that sort of like a to be determined on practice length i just tried to get a gauge on on um how our how our legs were feeling and what our energy levels were and just adjust um as needed, not, not necessarily making a predetermined decision. Okay. On this date, we're going to cut back from 90 minutes to one hour. If, uh, I'll, 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 I just sort of tried to keep a finger on the pulse of my team. 
but typically it didn't change much. Maybe maybe a little shorter, a little a little a little quicker, um, but but not by much. What was the balance like drills versus kind of playing more? I know already you kind of lean more towards playing more, but but and whether that's I mean you can go into detail with that. Like, are you doing three on three? Is it five on five? Is it a combination of that kind of thing? Yeah, it'd be a combination of all of that. I kind of found myself just like reminding myself in this part of the season, like don't don't negate shooting and shooting and and mm. and and shooting. <laughs> like, don't get so caught up in like we got to get competitive or we got to do walkthroughs and prepare or put in things that we we just. It's like it's like a golfer keeping their swing finely tuned you know like like we're not going to get away from that and get too too into other things so um that was one reminder i kind of had to always give myself was was don't borrow from that time to do other things and just keep keep our just um you know shooting skills and shooting mechanics finely tuned so that because you know that's that's gonna it's gonna make or break us. So don't don't negate don't neglect that. Um, you know, drill wise and things like this. Like by this time of the year, like I don't know. Like if we haven't, if we're not able to sort of execute things that our drills teach us, and and we're not able to uh, to carry carry that stuff over. Um, you know, I don't know that more of it's gonna change that like why, why aren't we able to do this by now and and uh, i would i would you know present it in a different way or or just sort of like not necessarily throw my hands up that like oh we're not going to be good at this but like what's 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 another drill working on it another way gonna do you know like so um i would say uh try try to get competitive keep our keep our mechanics sharp and 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 make sure we show up on game night physically ready to play yeah how much new do you feel like is is good to add or if any uh you know just enough just a little bit i i i i did some of that you know like you're getting we're getting into the part of the season i know you and i talked about before the show that we were going to maybe touch on this where you might be playing an opponent for a second time or, uh, uh, you know, you play an opponent home and away in your league or district or conference or whatever. Um, so, um, yeah, wrinkle here and there. I'm not a big add a bunch of stuff guy by nature anyway, so I didn't do much of that. But I, I, I know I've seen it done and had it done to me from teams we play. Like, oh, we haven't seen that before. There's something new from them. Um I just never had a lot of faith in that mm -hmm. personally, but, but um, yeah, so not much would be my answer for me personally. The best basketball coaches are relying on data more than ever. That's why coaches love huddle assist with assist. You get full game breakdowns, including complete team and player stats in less than 24 hours. Your stats are ready when you need them. And assist is more than just the box score. Use interactive reports like shot charts and advanced stats, lineup data, VPS, and, of course, effective field goal percentage to coach smarter. Plus, Assist brings your stats to life. Combined with the HD quality, automatically captured film from the Huddle Focus smart camera, every stat is marked on the video at the moment it happened. 
See every shot, turnover, rebound, and much more with just a few clicks. Want to see how Huddle Assist is elevating basketball? Visit huddle.com slash assist. That's huddle.com slash assist to find out more. You mentioned the playing a second time, and I think that for coaches, there's always a little bit of, you don't want to show everything, but on the flip side of that, you also want to win the first game. And I think a lot of us probably have already played mm-hmm. most of our opponents that first time already. And now you're getting into that second time. Um, was there any, did you do any kind of pre-planning? Like this is what it'll look like the first time. This is what it'll look like the second time. I did not. Not really. Um, we we kind of, kind of maybe more in the, in the Bob Knight, Tony Bennett camp, like we run motion and man to man, like mm-hmm. that's, that's, that's what you're going to get. And, um, you know, like that's, that's, that's what you're going to get. And, and, uh, so no surprises necessarily for me or no, like, Hey, we're going to hold this back. Maybe I can remember one team who we were in the same district with for three years. And, um, so we play them twice and, um, we, we won the district a few times and um, but for some reason we just couldn't beat this team. They were like a little, you know, thorn in our side. And, and um, so over the course of three years, we're going to play them six times to home and away. Over, and I think they beat us five. And on the sixth game, I think I finally wised up to say like, okay, they beat us five times in a row, Randy. Uh, let's maybe do something dramatically different to see if we can break that curse. And, uh, but only in an extreme example like that, did I really kind of, you know, roll something different out. Yeah. I think it in large part determined, I mean, determined by, you know, how many plays do you have or how many things do you already do? Um, and I think that goes back to the adding thing. You know, we're both, I think of the subtracting as you go along and getting rid of the things that don't matter. Yeah. So if you do have a hundred things, you're probably not doing the hundred things very well. But you know, there's also that balance of you want enough things because you may end up seeing a team a third time. Um, but then obviously that can take away if you're constantly doing new, then that takes away from focusing on the things that you're actually good at. That probably is what's going to win you the game, anyways. Yeah. So um, that balance, I, I know, just for like young coaches, they think that there there has to be something new that I do. I, I have to do something different this time and. There's nothing wrong with that. I, I, I definitely, I think there's, um, you know, I think there's two camps of coaches. I think Bob Knight was famous for saying this. There's sort of like simplicity and execution. Like some coaches like him who just, who just, this is what we're going to do motion and man to man. We're going to get great at it. And then there's sort of like the surprise and change camp of coaches who kind of game plan and do so either one of those can be effective. Um, one thing I tried to do was sort of teach what I would our players to sort of play on a little bit of a deeper level. So like in the years I ran a lot of motion, it's like it's based on reading the defense. Like you we said it, we set an off ball screen, you know, pass and screen away. And then we're going to we don't know what cut we're going to make off of that screen. We we might. But it's based on the defense. So why do I need to add anything like you can only, you know, on that given screen, you can only guard it one way at a time. So we can get a good shot if we'll just read the defense. So if they, if, if game one, they, they trailed us and we curled everything for layups there and they come out the next game and do that again. And like, 
we're going to do the same. We'll curl them for layups again. And if, if they, if they go, oh, I wouldn't like that. And the game two, we play them. We're going to go under the screens and we'll pop cut them for threes. So, okay, whatever, you know? So like, mm-hmm. and even in the years I got more spread and ball screen oriented, we still, the ball screen stuff, like what, what can they do? They can switch, they can hedge, they can go under, they can trap. Like, okay. We, we teach our players to recognize those things and find, find the antidote. So, okay, change, you can change, but, but we're not, we're just going to read whatever adjustments you made and, and execute. Yeah. Uh, What are your thoughts on playing fewer players, um, shortening, shortening your lineups or shortening your bench? Uh, You know, I, I can see that value in that as, as the value of the games, the pressure mounts, like we got to win this to get into the postseason or, We've got to win this to move up in the standings so we can get a good seed in the in the tournament or our PowerPoints or whatever. Um, I, I understand the motive for like shortening the bench because the value of the outcome goes up. I, I, I definitely get that. Um, I personally took the opposite approach. I was always looking for like one more depth piece, like one more player who can maybe give us like a few minutes of great defense or just run the floor hard. So my, I can get some miles off the legs of a starter or, or I can, we can withstand a bad whistle or two, something like that, you know, like, so I was always looking for like one more depth piece. If we had nine, I wanted 10 because you never know, man, like someone going to get hurt, foul out, turn up with the flu, something like that, like uh, be declared ineligible, whatever, you know, things happen. So I, I personally, um, maybe I would say took the opposite approach of like, I stayed on the hunt for like, man, can I get one more player to give a significant time, even if it's five minutes or something like that. So, um, but I, I certainly get when the, when the stakes raise, why, why one would just sort of, okay, these are my six best players, the ones that I trust, Sorry to you other guys, like it's just not going to happen. Um, but I, 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 I've been, I've done both, but. Yeah. Yeah. So as we kind of like wind things down, uh, just general warnings that you would have for coaches, whether that's kind of something that you kind of alluded to already or just something new, but things to think about as they kind of enter the stretch run. I'd say two things come to mind. If you've got a good team, um, if you've got a good team, I would just sort of like warn you that like a, a dud is coming, meaning like we're going to, we're going to go play a game that we're playing the fifth place team in the conference and we're first and we're a lot better than them. And just like, it's seemingly out of nowhere, even if we had good practices or like, you're going to have a game that's kind of like, that was a stinker. You maybe you survive it and win. Maybe you don't. Um, you know, I'm. I, I you see it all the time in in like how did you know like oh you see at the end of the year they're talking about an NFL team or a college basketball team oh they lost four games and one of them was like how they lose to them you know mm-hmm. like it just it happens. So if it hasn't happened yet, <laughs> my warning would be it it's probably on the it's probably going to come and it's and it's going to bother you and it's going to it's but just try not to overreact to it and and it might it might be what you need is a is if you've got a, a good team for for those of you listening who maybe don't 
have a great team. Um, you know, you were 20 games in out of a 30 game season and just, you know, I would say my warning to you would be, let's start just like thinking developmentally and, and not saying give up hope that we can pull off an upset or two. I'm not saying that, but like start thinking about who are my returnees and who's coming back and, and um, let's, let's almost like coach next year's team this year. If you get what I'm saying, Um, don't my my warning would be you're missing out on development opportunities. If you're like, you know, trying to win this game against a team that's so you're putting in all this stuff and trying to do it. I would say as hard as it may be to just sort of admit, if you will, that like, Hey, this isn't going to, we're not, we're not state material or national championship material. Like, let's start thinking about development a little bit more. Um, I'd say one more um, warning would be we touched on it already. And I was guilty of this a time or two of like putting new stuff in like, I'm going to put, put this in for like, you know, playoffs or, or whatever. And, and devote some practice minutes to it and this is what i this so then you know we devote some practice minutes to to what maybe it's a new set or a baseline out of bounds or something whatever press break or offense or something i don't know doesn't matter defensive you know put in a zone defense out of nowhere or something um this is this would be my warning to you and this is if you got a you know team that's going to be in the playoffs and in meaningful postseason games i put that stuff in and then when I get in the heat of battle in the in the postseason game, in the actual game, I found that I didn't call it. I didn't do it in the game because um, I, you know, we played 30 games. Like I'm sort of like, it's almost like you got players you trust, right? So I'm I'm we're only running the things in the heat of the moment, a loud gym on the road, win or go home situation. You're going to sort of like your base O and your base D is probably what you're going to lean on and trust in that moment. I never really got to the point where like I could feel great about we put something in on Thursday and we're going to go run it in a game on Friday in a single elimination bracket. Like I, I don't feel great about that. Like I'm going to run, you're, you're going to end up in when the pressure is on, you may not even consciously be thinking of it, but you're going to look back and go, yeah, all we ran was was motion and man to man, and I put all I devoted these practice minutes to putting in all these wrinkles. But then when it got in the pressure, my coaching behavior was just to sort of lean on what we put in back day one of practice four months ago. Mm. So my warning, what I would say is, I would have rather had that practice time back <laughs> to work on shooting, maybe just brushing up what we, you know, some of the some of the uh, issues in our base offense and making it a little bit better than putting something in that when, when the chips are down, I didn't call it anyway, because somewhere in my back of my head, I was like, I don't feel great yeah. that we're going to go out there and execute that. Yeah. And the fact of the matter is probably your level of confidence reflects their levels of confidence as well in running those new things. And so you might as well stay away from it. I think so. I think, I think just sort of like when the, the saying goes, like we're going, we're going to kind of like our habits are going to to take over in those moments, right? And and I I would say the, the 
the, the majority of the season exists to sort of build those habits that are going to support you when the pressure is really on. Yeah. yeah. You mentioned earlier the coaches that you work with. Can you explain that program and where people can find out about that? Yeah. Um, I've been, I've been kind of serving as an advisor or mentor to coaches for, um, you know, sort of like a partner with coaches for eight seasons now. Um, just reach out to me, Randy at radiusathletics.com. If you're interested in learning more about how to affiliate with me and the group and, and get, get the help and, and, uh, get, get the extra set of eyeballs and, and input. Um, you know, right now we've got teams, mostly high school, a few college. Um, I've worked with some professional coaches over the years, but you know, mostly, mostly high school, um, coaches who are, in, in this part of their season where, uh, they, they really, they, they're really looking for an edge and many believe that being a part of this program gives it to them. So yeah, just reach out to me over email, Randy at radiusathletics.com. A lot of different things that Randy can do for you. Another set of eyes, ears, suggestions, kind of a virtual assistant coach and, and yeah. more. So yeah, I'd encourage you to take him up on that offer. A lot of, a lot of therapy sometimes too, yeah. like, it's okay, coach. It'll be all right. You know, like <laughs> that's what we down. need. That's what a <laughs> yeah. lot of us need this time yeah. of year. Yeah. <laughs> Thanks to all of you who joined us this week. If you missed any part of the live show, you can go back and watch or listen. Just search Hoops Form on YouTube to watch the full interview, or you can go to any podcast platform and search a quick timeout, and there you'll find the audio version of the show. For Randy Sherman, I'm Tony Miller. We'll talk to you again next time on Hoops Form.